Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. At it again. Yes, we are. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Why are you laughing? Um, Because you always ask me that. I know. Well, You already know the answer, so. I know, but not everybody else knows. That is true. That is true. There are times that I'm not so happy, right? Exactly. And isn't that funny? What are we talking about today? We're talking about happiness. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, discussion, right? Because we, we get a lot, the question about, you know, or not not so much the question. Just the, statements. The, the comment of, I want to be happy, you know? What, I just want to be happy. That's exactly. all I want. I just want to be happy. Yeah, you hear that a lot from a lot of different people, right? Exactly. And- the funny thing is, is like happiness is so subjective. Like, what does happiness mean? And I think that that's what this podcast is. We're going to just talk about it and pick it apart. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's jump right in, I guess. So what before we start to say, like, what is happiness? Right. Because, like you said, it's very subjective. There isn't one thing to it's not one thing to any one person. Right. Happiness can be a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So let's just start with what happiness is not what true happiness is not well i'm going to tell you this right now happiness isn't something that happens all the time you cannot be content and happy 100 percent of the time it's just no and i think that that's where people get stuck and it's it's understanding that happiness has to include sadness so that you can have a greater perspective on what it feels like to be balanced and happy and also appreciate it and I think it's this misperception that if you're not happy all the time, then you're miserable. Yeah, and that, and and you hit it on the head, right? Because you can't know happiness until you've known pain and sadness because you don't have a reference point, right? And it's just like everything else. If you don't have the opposite of that thing, then you can't appreciate the actual thing that you're that you're comparing it to. And I think oftentimes, especially when you have trauma and mental health struggles, right? And you're trying to improve yourself. I don't even think most people know what would make them happy. And so they're constantly just saying, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. But happiness isn't something that I think comes to you. You know, you just want it. I think it's how you see it. I think it's how you view it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can't be, and and this happens a lot, right? People think that like material things make you happy, right? Yep. And and if I only had this, then I'd be happy. Or if I only was in a relationship, then I would be happy. Right. Or if if only um, I had the right job, would I be happy? You know, and these are just things, right? So it's about learning to appreciate what you are. And we, you know, you know, uh, I deal with a lot with like the laws of attraction, right? And that's one of the things that you learn when you're when you're learning the law of attraction is you attract what you are, not what yep. you want, right? So in order for you to attract happiness, if that's truly what you want, then you have to be happy. You know, it's now, kind of it sounds weird I'm and kind over of productive. Here right now, being like, oh man, but that's the truth. You know, you want if you want to be happy, you have to be happy with where you are right now, so you can attract more happiness. Exactly, that's exactly right. You know, and you're gonna get the people that are gonna be like, how can I be happy with what I have? Well, let's talk about when you didn't have what you have. You know what I mean? And so it kind of just spearheads it into this 
cycle of just no matter what you have in front of you, you're just not happy because happiness isn't in the external things that you have access to and you gain. It's within yourself. And that's why no matter how many things you add, you know, to yourself or how many things you buy or whatever, it flutters and just leaves you. It's because you have to be happy right in that very moment with what you have, making the best of it. And then ironically, you'll start attracting more of the things that make you happy. So go back to your point that you just made about things, right? And you, I know you've been reading about hedonistic adaptation. Well, I'm taking a class on it, actually. So why don't you go ahead and explain what hedonistic so, adaptation is to our listeners? Okay, so I'm actually finished. I'm about to take my final on it. And now I've already been to school. I've already done all these amazing things, but I just like to add to things. So I'm taking a class at Yale on the art of happiness. And I'm learning and have learned a lot about hedonistic adaptation, which we've been talking about. And basically, it says that it's a culmination of many positive experiences or negative where you obtain, you can obtain materialistic things, right? So you got that brand new car you wanted, you know, you bought that house, you got this, you got the clothes, you got the Louis Vuitton bag, whatever. But at the end of the day, and after a period of time, the awness of everything and the happiness dissipates and you return to baseline happiness. Like after a while, it just loses its aha for you. And that's hedonistic adaptation. It doesn't matter. Just over time, things become less fun. Yeah. And uh, and we can see that in, in just about anything we do, right? If Although, you, oh, oh, well, oh. no, save that for the, I know where you're going. And we're going to save that for the second half of our discussion, right? How to kind of overcome hedonistic adaptation and what are the yes. things that you do, right? And I'm going to talk a little bit about like hedonism as a theory um, for happiness. And we could talk a little bit about that. But before we get into that, we're going to save that for the second half of the podcast. Let's get back to the hedonistic adaptation because I think people, I, I think most people will relate to this, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you do something, um, whatever it is, after a while, it becomes like common, right? It becomes um routine exactly and yeah. and and you lose that excitement over it like you can go out and buy a brand new you know mercedes or whatever car you you like porsche and it's great the first time you you, you get it for the first time you get into that car and start it up and take go for a ride that euphoria that you feel right that bliss is is fleeting right because it doesn't happen after like the 50th time you get into the car right um if you drive it every day right so so by you know you know after like a month of driving around in the car you start to take it for granted that feeling that you get when you're driving around in that new car or how the leather feels or how or you start to find like little things that might irk you like the yep. Like the radio or the the the, the infotainment system doesn't, doesn't drive as smooth as it did. Exactly, it's not as good or, on gas as I thought. Yeah, so so all these little things start to add up, and it starts to be, you know, you lose that bliss from that original, and that's what we're talking about. That hedonistic adaptation, you know, is 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 ingrained in us that the things that we do every day we kind of take for granted. But I think it's very primal. I think it's in the reptilian aspects of our brain. Because if And I was just thinking about this. You go back to cavemen time. Like, you couldn't just sit around and be like, I like this boulder. This is a nice boulder. I'm just going to sit here. Like, you always had to be looking for the next best thing because of survival. And I think from a primitive 
perspective, I think it's really ingrained in us. And I think it's this, you know, instant gratification that us humans need. Like we need to instantly feel really good about whatever it is and we need to keep that high. And so that's where I think people get stuck in this pit of, like you say, you know, this hedonistic adaptation where you just become adapted to, well, it's it's all right. You know, it, it, it is what it is. And then you kind of lose like the excitement over it. And, you know, you ha- have to really look at that. I think the reason why it's programmed into us is to give us that drive. Right. Because if we like you said, if if we were happy with what we had in, in the immediate all the time, we wouldn't expand. We wouldn't grow. Right. We yeah, wouldn't we want wouldn't, more. We, exactly. It, we wouldn't want to be challenging ourselves and improving ourselves because we got everything we need right now. Exactly. So, so it's, it's like imp- balancing yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the key, right? Having that balance, understanding, you know, what drives us and what's a healthy drive for us and then also, you know, balancing that out with being appreciative of the things that we do have and not wanting it's okay to want more for yourself, but it's also it can be counterproductive when when all you want is more, 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 right. and you can't appreciate. And do you know what those are things. called? Miswantings. So there are these things that we miswant. Like we think having all the money is going to make us happy. We think getting accepted into our top school is going to make us happy. We think making honorable, getting that promotion. They're called miswantings because we believe that those things are what is going to make us happy. But when you get those things, are you really any more happier than when you were at baseline thinking about those things? You know, it's something to really think about. Like they're called miswantings. And that's what I'm also learning with hedonistic adaptation. No, I definitely agree. Those are things because it's it's always and it's funny because that's that's the, what drives us. Right. Is what the next thing. The grass is always greener. That's the same. Right. right. So so you always want what, what you don't have. And that's what drives us, and that's good, you know, in terms of a, a driver. But when we when we're talking about happiness and and what truly makes us happy, then those are the things that can get in the way of our happiness, opposed to give us what we really want. Yeah, and that's why it's a miswanting because it's not really what you want. It's just that what society makes you think that these are the things that are going to make you happy, and maybe they temporarily do. But is that happiness? Or is that just enjoyment? Like what, where do you categorize that? And I think this is where people get stuck. So people have these really great moments and they remember that time they got into that Corvette or whatever and they were like, yeah, you know? I I think, and to that point, right? I think that people uh, misinterpret or misjudge bliss, you know, that temporary bliss for happiness. And they're not, they're they're absolutely two different things. Yeah, they're, bliss is those like, you know, those moments of just like, ah, that's amazing. Like you can't live. It would be fantastic, but you cannot live in a blissful state. Like you're, you won't be well if you're constantly in a blissful state because you won't see things for what they really are. And you won't really, even bliss would wear off. You wouldn't even be able to enjoy blissful moments, you know, because you'd be hedonistic adaptation. That's exactly right. So you wouldn't even be able to feel happiness at all. I know. So that's that's the point. Right. It's it's understanding that you need um, and we're going into hedonism theory, but you need the pain to be able to really enjoy the pleasures. That's right. Because we, and this is kind of taking it back a little bit, but that's like I'm saying, like, you don't you'll never understand success without failure. You'll never understand happiness without sadness or without adversity or without just 
being. You know what I mean? Happiness is something that is so subjective. And because it's so subjective, people put their own, you know, examples into it and their own ideas into it. And then everybody, because we're a bunch of people that just want to be like everybody else, we start thinking that those are the things that are going to make us happy. And you know what? I always think about this, you know, like social media, like, oh, look at those people on vacation. They're just, but that doesn't mean that they're having a wonderful time. Or that doesn't mean that you're not having a wonderful time sitting in your house watching reruns of The Office and eating popcorn. Like, that's just as enjoyable. But the advent, like you said, of social media and all these different things, it's constantly pushing in your face that this is what happiness is. And it's not. So that's, uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot then. What is happiness to you? Happiness is when I feel balanced, when I just feel content and I feel okay with how I'm feeling. Happiness is when I see people around me, because I am a people pleaser, when I see people around me pleased and content and happy and smiling. I just feel like everything's okay. It's this level of just balance and peace and tranquility. It's not, you know, driving in a Corvette or traveling the world. And those would be great blissful moments. But it's just having a moment where my mind is not controlled by my traumas or triggers or things that I'm worrying about. It's it's having no worry in the moment and just being content in the moment and at peace with the situation and seeing that in other people. That to me is what makes me feel better. That's why I people please and that's why I try to do those things because that's how I find my happiness. And so that's why when those things aren't happening, I don't feel happy. Well, I can't add to anything anything more than that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that was great, you know, because that's I think that's a great definition of what true happiness can just be. Just being content in the moment and not having a want or a care in the world. That for me is so happy to not feel like I need something right now. Or what's that person thinking? Or what about this? Or I have to do this and I have to do that. And it's not packing crazy to go somewhere. It's literally just being able to be and be okay with being. And feeling okay with that. That to me is pure and utter happiness where my brain just feels at ease and seeing other people around me like that. And when other people around me aren't like that, my happiness is like shook. No, I agree 100%. It's that contentment, right? It's that ability to just, you know, just be wherever you are and just be, just feel like there's nothing weighing you down. Mm -hmm. There's no no real, you know, uh, stressor around you. Nope. And I have felt this in traffic, you know. I have sat in traffic in my car. That's always been my dream car that we've, you know, I've sat there listening to Tupac or Aventura or whatever it is I wanted to listen to with the windows down, the sun coming up. I can feel the bass in my body and I don't care that I'm sitting there in traffic. I'm alone, quiet with nobody asking me a million questions in my car, listening to my music, being grateful that my ass isn't taking buses everywhere. Like that to me is so happy. But people wouldn't consider sitting in traffic to be happy. But me alone with my music, that makes me happy. Yeah, I can't agree with you anymore. You know, that's that's abs- that's true happiness, in my opinion, right? Um, because I've I've had that that same feeling, right? The feeling that you know, there's nothing in this world that can bother me right now. And I think that's that in itself is true happiness for me. When I know everything that I have control over around me is handled and taken care of, and and I don't have any worries in the world 
that that to me is 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 happiness or you know the, the state of happiness the maximum state of happiness that i can reach so i hope our listeners got a little inside of what it is that we find uh you know what our happiness looks like right and i hope you guys start to really think about what your happiness looks like and what it can be and and we're going to take a quick pause here for a message and then when we get back we'll talk about hedonistic uh, the hedonism as a theory for happiness. What does that look like? And how to like techniques to combat hedonistic adaptation, mm-hmm. right? There are things you can do to find your own happiness. So uh, we'll take a quick uh, break for a message. And then when we get back, we'll go right into it. We always hear how much the podcast has positively impacted all of you. So now here's an opportunity to help us continue making content. And we've made it simple by partnering with Patreon. You can find the link in the episode description. For your subscription, we've added additional bonus incentives, which include a newsletter, access to the In It Together Patreon group, and special access to upcoming private episodes with Jay. For our top subscribers, you'll even get monthly access to Jay and I via Zoom. We're grateful for your support, and don't forget to keep sharing the podcast with everyone you know. Together, we can help grow the In It Together family. Now back to the podcast. So we've been talking about happiness, right? And kind of defining what happiness isn't and what happiness is for us. And we also wanted to go into like different techniques about like how to find your own happiness, right? Um, so let's talk about, uh, I know we talked a little bit about the hedonistic adaptation that we all have and it's kind of ingrained in us, right? But you know there are techniques to combat that. So why don't you go ahead and talk about that? Well, the, the first thing that you want to do, and, and this is something that I've been learning in this class, right, is practicing daily gratitude, right? So take a minute to think about all the things you have in your life and you write them down, the house, the car, whatever, the promotion at work, anything that you've got going on in your life. Think about the things that you worked really hard to get or that at one point in your life you wanted so bad and you look at them, right? And you take a moment and you practice gratitude for them. So if it's that promotion that you got at work, Remember what it was like when you were making less money, where you were being bossed around by other people, where you were just miserable and you took the jump to update your resume, go for the interview and go for it and you got it. Remember what it was like to not have that in your life. And when you can take a moment, you kind of get this little burst, this little rush of gratitude for whatever it is that you're kind of over at this point. And when you can practice little tiny efforts of daily gratitude throughout the day or even at the end of the night, then it can really help you start seeing things differently. Yeah, you can remake that bliss, right? When you do those things, right? When you're when you can go back to the point and it's a it's a it's a mind shift, right? When you can go back to a time when you didn't have what you what you had or think of, you know, when, you know, when things were much more difficult and you start to appreciate the things that you have now, that and you you can get that sense of bliss back and that that helps with this adaptation that we have. Yeah, and there was a study and I, I learned this in my class too that when you do that for like it's like 17 days was like the number. At the end of it, people's happiness was assessed in the beginning and then assessed at the end. And just by practicing small bouts of daily gratitude, their happiness stayed higher than their baseline. And it just showed that having gratitude like They tell you five things, you know, so you sit down before the end of the night and you write down these five things and then you just say to yourself, "Okay, 
this, 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 and this. Like, I'm grateful for this because I can remember the time that I didn't have it. And if you just do that every day. So I kind of did this earlier. Like, there was something that had popped up in my life. And I was like, oh, my God. I was, like, annoyed over something. I was like, remember when you didn't even have this? Like, remember when you wanted to find something so bad and you just didn't have it? And, like, now you do. And, like, you get to do this. And this leads me into my next thing is that besides practicing daily gratitude, it's, it's having that paradigm shift of, you know, this is something that I, I I get to do. And I'm not saying that you should, you know, have to wash away all your annoyances because, yeah, doing laundry stinks. Yeah, having to put it away stinks. But when you can do a paradigm shift that's like, I have a loving family that has these clothes. They get to wear clothes. They get to feel good about themselves. And I, I have access to be able to wash these things and do these things. Believe it or not, it does help, even if just a little bit, have gratitude for the things that you have accessible to you to be able to accomplish that task. So although it's small, it can help at least remove the immediate negative feelings associated with whatever it is that you're doing. I think that's a huge paradigm shift if you can do that. That And, and you've taught me this, right? I get to do the just that change in vocabulary, right? It's not, oh, I have to do that. I get to do that, right? I get to get up and go to work because I have a job, you know, I get, I, I get to, like you said, I get to do laundry and because, you know, I have clothes to wear. I get to wash dishes because I had food to eat. You know, it's those small paradigm shift. It's not a small paradigm shift. It's actually a big shift in the way we process, um, you know, tasks. And then you turn these negatives into a positive by doing that, you know, because you you understand, you start to, like you said, you learn gratitude. You learn to be grateful for the things, even even the challenging things that we have to do, we learn to be grateful for. And then when you can do that and you can learn to be grateful for the things that are challenging to you, that's when what we, you know, what I talk about, right, is that uh, law of attraction, once you start being grateful for those things that are challenging, you start to see that more things, not more challenging things happen to you, but you start to receive things that you're that you're grateful that you're even more grateful for. And, you know, having, you know, been a trauma counselor for 15 years, I've learned even throughout my own journey that I have to be grateful for the trauma and for everything that I had gone through, because without it, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Without it, I wouldn't have this opportunity to tell my story and to help other people feel safe to tell their stories and to work on their journeys and to be vulnerable and open and candid. I have to have this paradigm shift in my head that I'm grateful for that. It wasn't easy. It destroyed me at times, but I rebuilt myself into someone that I'm proud of. And I rebuilt myself into a stronger version of myself. And so you can apply that same concept to anything and you can just find what you can be gracious about you know and have gratitude for and it can really make a big difference yeah i think it'd make a huge difference in in anyone's life right so if you're listening to the podcast and you're having because again a lot we all have a tendency to complain about things right that's just our human nature we complain about the things that we don't like and we think but it's important if you can make that shift if you practice making that shift, then you start to see that things can change dramatically in your life if you if just by adapting these little that little thing of just again just saying I get to do these things not I have to do it but I get to that's it's such a powerful thing that once you start to do it you start to see how it really changes 
how you think and how how things can change for the better in your life. Absolutely. The best part is when I find myself being negative or pessimistic about something, sometimes I'll hear you say, you get to do that, honey. And it just, I'm just like, but like it helps. It, it really does. Like I just like, oh my God. And I think that that's. And I just do it because that's how, that's what you, you do to me constantly. I, I do that, don't I? I'm like, you get to do that, honey. Yeah, I know. And that's why I do it back to you. So getting into um, the hedonism theory, right? Because we, we, when we were looking into, there's a lot of different theories um, in, in terms of happiness, but the hedonism theory for happiness is, is really just maximizing the pleasures while minimizing the pains. And like we said, there's going to be pains in our life. We, we have to accept that, right? There's going to be times that, you know, th there's going to be pain, there's going to be frustration, there's going to be um, not, ha you know, all the things that don't make us happy, right? But it's important to uh, understand that those are going to be there um, so you can appreciate the times that they're, you know, they're, they're missing, right? So that it's important. So with the theory, it's basically, is basically that, right? Is thinking about the moments, you know, happiness is measured. How is happiness measured? So happiness is measured if your moments of pleasure are more than your moments of pain. And really that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell, Right making sure you have more pleasurable moments than you have more painful moments. If you can do that, and a, a lot of it is like what we're saying, right? If you can turn a, a painful moment into something productive, into something positive for yourself, then it becomes more of a, less of a pain and more of a pleasure. And then those pleasures start to add up. Yeah, it kind of cancels it out a little bit. Exactly. And once those pleasures start to, to outweigh the pains, then then you're in a state of happiness. I remember you were telling me too. It's like I have this, you know, I have a day, right? I've, I've actually learned to not tell someone, have a good day. I just say, have a day. Whatever day you have, have it, you know? I hate when someone says, have a good day. What the hell does good mean? You know, just, just have a day, right? Let's say the day's going pretty good and then one mess up happens on my end. What's new, right? Then the whole day is like gone. Like this day was awful. But if you sit down and you write everything that happened that day, there was probably some amazing, beautiful moments. And it's just this one tiny little thing that does not. And, and like you said, if you can take that one fight or whatever it was and try to find a lesson from it, then you're almost rocking a solid day. And I, I have to continue to practice that. Yeah, I know, because you're you're that in the moment type of person. Right. Yeah. So if if I ask you, are you happy right after like, you know, we had a disagreement. Then you're no. like, oh, no, this day has been blown. But I asked the same question, right, like, you know, an hour later when we've had a blissful moment and it's the best day ever. And that's that's how we are as human beings. Right. But, but I it, think that that's like that's so damaging sometimes because it's like it can be good, but it can be bad. And I think we just really need to, like, kind of take a step back and be like, all right, a couple like even my our littlest one. She's like, hey, the worst day ever. And I was like, why? And she was like, because of what happened earlier. I was like, um, this day is no good. Like, it's not that this day is no good. It was like that one moment. But but that's when you so ingrained in us. Yeah. But that's when you remind her, hey, but, you know, you woke up and you did this and then you had your prepare your breakfast and then you did you you went out and played and you learned this new thing and and you know so again with the, with the theory that we're talking about right it's about adding up all those pleasurable moments and then and then you know understanding that hey 
if the 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 good things that happen throughout the day can outweigh you know you maybe maybe you had you know one very bad thing happen today right that overshadows all the all the other smaller good things that happened and then you in your mind make it up that it's a bad day but if you think back and think of all the good things that might have happened throughout that day then you understand that hey that was a good day it's just so happened that one very bad thing might have happened Exactly. And that's funny. And maybe we can you can add that. You know, we talk about the writing it out and practicing gratitude. If you've if you're struggling with that, sit down with your journal too or a piece of paper and write down everything that happened that day. Include whatever yucky thing happened. Write down every tiny little thing. And then see for yourself on paper. You're probably gonna be like, Well, I guess today wasn't so bad after all. You know, and I, that's that's helpful. It's it's I don't know. I I just think that would be a really good I th- exercise. Yeah, I think it'd be a good exercise to put to put it in practice. I'm going to remind you that when I drive you nuts or like you just want your space from me, I'm like, you know what? Add up all the good things that happened today and forget this moment. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, it has to apply to you too. <laughs> you, right. Unless there's another theory that you fall I don't, under. I don't write. <laughs> Excuse me. Unless you don't fall into this theory, we'll have to do another one. No, I think, I think, no, you're right. I, for the most part. And we're all like that, right? We all kind of, we, you know, the painful things or the things that, ha- and again, it has to do with like the magnitude a lot of the times, right? So if it could have been a, a great day, but if we had a blowout fight, you know, t- towards the end of the day, we're like, ah, you know, th- today That's was horrible. Exactly. But then you forget about those, those other things that the, the hundred other things that worked well. Why do you think I try to always tell you I love you before I go to sleep? I just want everything good because I hate going to bed when there's been something that is unpleasant because it wakes up with me the next day. Yeah, that's just your abandonment. No, that is not just my abandonment. That is just your avoidance attachment. Exactly. Rad. (laughs) You're rad. All right. So we'll end this here. And I hope you guys got something from the podcast and got a couple tips and tricks that maybe will be uh, useful for you. And I, I hope um, you join us again, you know, and keep listening to us. Keep telling everyone you know about us and make sure to check out the Patreon. So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at ask.courtney, on Instagram at askcourtney underscore, and on YouTube at askcourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys. So make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together. So stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.